Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. Well, welcome to another episode of the Young and Adulting Podcast. I'm here. It's Sisterhood Night tonight, so this is a special podcast. We're saying that these are stories from the boys. Let's go. Yeah, Let's it's going to be awesome. Yo, Don't you love how you just about hit me right in the face? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> from the boys. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. So s- sitting across from me. We have a campus pastor joining us. This man is incredible. He has lived all the way around the world, had more experiences in his 28 years than the rest of us will ever have in our lifetimes. His name is Cole Robinson. Thank you so much. The greatest intro I've ever gotten in my entire life. Fantastic. I'm not sure if that can compare to Bobby sitting next to you. He's a kicker. The kicker. The kicker. The kicker. The kicker. kicker. Who played played college ball at UConn. Go Huskies. The university. Shout out. This the man, University of UConn. Last night. <laughs> that never wins. Was oh, watching his own highlights. <laughs> Let's go. It's God. awesome. Yeah. And before <laughs> his stunt as a kicker at UConn, he served as a rapper named <laughs> Lil Sar Bobby Puyo. He served a rapper. His own brother was the rapper, hey. and you were with him. Little serve on the track. Look me up on YouTube. It's fine. It's fine. Nothing. We also have uh, a guy right next to me. I actually went to elementary school with him, but since he's oh, become a, a myth, he's become a, a legend. He's become the midnight cowboy. It's all. If fake. you ask anyone who's been to Student Week, they've got stories for days. He would describe himself as a man who. Raises Kane, Austin Bowen. Yeah, hey, it's all myth. It's all myth. It's all myth. Georgia Bulldogs. Quit saying roll tide. (laughs) No, we ain't playing that game. Next to him is a man from Jupiter, Florida. He's more active than you are alive. His primary source of entertainment is not Netflix. It's not surfing. It's not Instagram. It's Craigslist. Oh, yeah. We're going to find out a little bit more about that. His name, John Ainley. Thank you very much. Guys, this is going to be awesome. The first piece of conversation that we need to address is the fact that last night, UFOs were spotted in Florida. What do we think? 100% true. And I wanted to read the article, uh, but I don't have Apple News, so I just read the title. But it's factual, so I believe it. John's a big believer in aliens. Huge. We've already had this conversation yeah. today, 100%. I actually have a, a scriptural support for it. No, you don't. Wow. I do. Let's let, hear me, it. let me pull this up. All right. So here is a verse. I'm still pulling it up here. This is... Is this the first time you open your Bible today or multiple times? Did I All right. John 10, 16 says... I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. We are not alone. Bro, we had the John 10, 10 life and the John 10, 16 life. You know what I'm saying? It's different. It's going to get Dude, weird. Props for you finding later. a verse in the book of John. Hey, <laughs> what are the chances? Very good. Austin, you ever ran into an alien out in the woods in Okeechobee? <laughs> I don't know if I ran into anything. I've heard some stuff that's suspicious, though. <laughs> I just I just can't get over that laugh. <laughs> he seems you, that was like an alien laugh. It's like he knew hey, things were you, happening. I'll tell you, when you're in the middle of the woods at like 1 o'clock in the morning and you hear some stuff, you're like, that may not be of this world. I don't know. That's, that's why that's I do not ever find myself in the middle of the woods at 1 o'clock in the morning. But. 
I found myself in the woods at 1 o'clock in the morning way more than I probably should have. <laughs> you should not ever say that again. <laughs> should, should we make this podcast sponsored after all of our uh, uh, open bottles? Absolutely. No, 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 no. <laughs> we, we got bangs, range, <laughs> Yeah. We got editing capabilities on that one there, Bobby. <laughs> Shut it down. My goodness. No, no. The question everybody really wants to know, and I'm sure we all have a story about this, but the stories from the boys. John, tell us your most embarrassing or awkward moment with a woman. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have, oh, dear. <clears throat> Um, okay, so this is, this happened on my, my second date with Annabelle, who I am, who I am currently dating, and almost ruined it at the beginning. Um, now, there are men within the sect of Christianity who would probably pursue marriage very quickly. The second <coughs> date would be about time to, to go for that. I, I am not that person. Okay. But at the end of our second date, I, out of just kind of like, muscle memory from just I always end a conversation with oh love you and oh no <laughs> and I totally I did not did not mean it was dropping her off at her apartment <laughs> wait hang on you mean it now right <laughs> did not mean it <laughs> I, I for Careful. sure mean it now but at the time just gave her gave her the good old the good old side the side hug and uh just finished it off with lovey and walked away and was like halfway down the stairs and I turned around and she looked like she had seen a ghost and literally <laughs> sprinted into her apartment and I ran back up the stairs and the door was locked and it was just, she did not talk to me for three days, just oh, left me unread and then finally like got a response. I scared her to death, but. <laughs> oh man. I got lucky with my wife. The first, I was that telling Lewis this, the first time I ever met my wife was uh, young, young adults, shout out. Thursday night, got introduced to her, started talking. I was kind of nervous. She was cute. Still is. You're beautiful, babe. And uh, so, This is for the boys, but sure. Hey, you got to yeah. give, give a shout out to your wife. Yeah. You know? And so we were talking, and you know when you just get nervous and get like a, kind of just your stomach starts to rumble, and you just kind of get like <laughs> oh, oh, some no. out-of-this-world experiences. <laughs> so oh, man. we're talking, and, Bobby. and I just kind of hear this like, Oh, and then it just starts to smell, and I was like, "What the heck is going on?" No. And I was like, oh, "Dang!" So, so I guess I was essentially. You guys can get the picture. It just was a bubble around me of just stench. Probably what it'd be like in Okeechobee, like late at night, whatever maybe. And I just was no, just, not at all. One o'clock in the morning. What does that even mean? I don't know. Whatever, whatever. Uh, a midnight cowboy, <laughs> one o'clock in the morning, chasing. Put the shovel down. Right. You are Put so far in that field right now. What in the Long story short, God bless you. Roasted your whole life. <laughs> well, my wife's from Okeechobee, so I, I, I love people from Okeechobee. <laughs> I can see it right now. <laughs> the hole's getting deeper, guys. I was going to eat, uh, drink my bang, so. How about you, Lewis? Oh. So you're married. Your wife graduated two yep. days ago. Absolutely. You don't get to be congratulations just because you're asking questions. So no. most embarrassing moment with a woman, hopefully Kalisa. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I have a, a very very similar story to John. Uh, we, we'd been dating for a few months, and I kind of meant it, but I, I always wanted like kind the of. "I love you" moment to be very romantic, very planned out, like sunset mm -hmm. on the beach. 
Mm. I'm just, I'm dropping her off at the end of a date one day. Love you. Didn't mean to say it right there. And then same exact, the ghost face on, on Khalees. She's like, oh, I, this is not what I expected. I, I just turned, I'm up and just ran. Got in my car, <laughs> took off, skid marks behind. <laughs> got out of there. So same, same, days. same skid marks that uh, Bobby had. <laughs> <laughs> not bad, you don't want to say it. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. So two days, a few months. What's the proper amount of I love you time? What's like the, mm. let's help our brothers out here? That's a good question. I think it, it really, it depends on the relationship and it depends on where you're at in life. So if you're, if you're at a place to where you're in middle school, <laughs> second date, <laughs> great Congrats time to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat. But Absolutely. If, you're, if you're in a place where you're in a serious relationship, like pursuing marriage, I, I feel like six months is a good mark. Six months or just when you want to. Don't okay, don't say it accidentally. Okay. You a gangster. Right. You know what I mean? Word. We just Straight didn't plan up. it. I give on that. Austin. Austin, tell us your story. Oh man. Um I think my most awkward would have to be uh my girlfriend Eva. Um I met her um camping in my front yard, ironically, of all the places you'd meet somebody. Of course, Okeechobee. Yes, yes, you can laugh about that, but <laughs> No, they had a group. They had come out and they were. And she's they, not related to you, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Welcome to Chovy, boys. I went to school in Birmingham. Hey, hey that's profiling. That's profiling. That's profiling. Hey, hey, that was like okay. when I went down to City Place. I walked in the door and I had a cowboy hat on. A lady walks up and goes, "You're from Okeechobee, aren't you?" I said, "No, ma'am. I actually attend this camp." And she's like, "I'm so sorry. I did not. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, ma'am." <laughs> no. She, um, yeah, the first that first night I had met her, it was like one of those moments when you walk in and you're like, oh wow, she is beautiful, and I'm really about to make a fool of myself. Um, and uh, that whole night, like, she was out there, and like I did everything to be around her. Like I played pool, like I even brought the four wheeler out, like all this stuff, and like I'm intentionally wow. doing all this stuff to basically like show off, which I've like never done in my life. So I made a complete idiot of myself. But it was like setting up this whole night and like we end up sitting out there and I'm talking with her and like her brother and like we're out. It's like one o'clock in the morning and in the woods. Uh, yep. in the oh, woods. Yeah, yeah, we does. But we're talking and like it like sets up this moment and I'm like, OK, I'm like, I'm like, I need to do something. Like I need to ask for a number. I need to do something like I've been acting a fool all day. Got to do something. And I literally go. And right before I can say anything, she's like. Good night and leaves. Just walks away after all that time we'd spent talking. Like at that point, we had literally been sitting there like talking song. for a couple hours, <laughs> and she just walks away. And I'm just like, after all that, nothing. All you gotta say is good night. Nothing, nothing else. Oh, she walked away. Didn't hear anything from her for like a month, and she ended up like texting me on Facebook on my birthday a month later. And then we've been talking ever since. That was the best birthday nice. present for you, my dog. Happy Legit. birthday, Coles. We hear we hear your story. We no. not. I got two of them. I'm debating. Um, so I would say the most embarrassing moment with a girl was that when I was in ninth grade, I went on my first like Christian trip. So like I didn't grow up in church. Uh, I got invited to Forward Conference in Atlanta, and this girl went on the trip. Only reason I went on the trip is because this girl was going. I don't even remember her name. I was in ninth grade, and I always thought I could sing, but like no one had ever told me that. So we go to this like karaoke <laughs> bar. After like the last Silent night of the conference, you're in ninth grade. Yes, feeling myself. I decide to get up and sing a song with the sole intention of winning her heart. Oh, oh so boy! So I, in all of my seriousness, what walk song? up to the machine, "Hero" 
by Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> <laughs> In full oh, voice. No. I can be your hero, babe. Oh. And we ended up dating for three days. It was fantastic. <laughs> three days. But I look back now and just quick. think, like, what on God's earth mm-hmm. was I thinking? It worked. So I guess the other part of it is like. And I, what on God's what? earth was she thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got plenty of embarrassing moments by myself, so that's fine. No, man. Uh, Cole, you've. You were in Atlanta. You've been all over the place. I think you've lived <laughs> Atlanta. You've lived in Alaska. Yeah. You've lived in the Keys. Tell us, like Germany, Calif- California. Oh my goodness! Alabama, Keep going. Alaska, um, and then out Florida. Yeah. So okay. So so the question is, like, what's a wild experience you've had all over the world? Okay, my dad almost got killed by a moose in Alaska, so that was that was real life. We were out cutting down a tree on the property, and uh, <laughs> welcome to Chubby. So he cuts the tree down, and when it falls, there's <laughs> there's a moose behind the tree. So moose run like thirty miles an hour, so the tree falls, and and my dad gets scared when he sees it, and its ears go up, which means it's gonna charge. So it starts running full speed at my dad. So I start making as much noise as I possibly can, running at the moose. My dad hits the ground. And literally the moose like spreads its legs over my dad and then yells in his face, like, like makes the moose noise in his face. So at this point I'm throwing rocks at it. I'm throwing sticks at it. And it just like stood up and walked away. Could have killed my dad in the moment. So like crazy story one, a more Florida story was, uh, I was like an out Island guide, which means that we used to, it's like a boy scout high adventure base in the Florida keys. We take boys out for like this Island and they would survive for a week. And they'd go deep sea fishing. Well, one day, blue water moved in off the reef. If you've been deep sea fishing, you'll know. And um, it brought in with it, like, huge schools of dolphin. Not, ma- not like, um, not dolphin fish, but, like, mahi. mammals. Yeah, not mahi. Yeah. But, like, real big dolphin. So you're, I jump in the water wrong, with them, which I'm pretty sure I found out is illegal. But jump in the water with them, and a goliath grouper was swimming with the dolphin. So next thing I know, I'm swimming next to this Goliath grouper. No. It's like the size of a car. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I grabbed some bait fish out of the boat and, like, float it towards the Goliath grouper, and it took my whole arm in its mouth, and I, like, ripped my hand out as fast as I could. So uh, some pretty crazy stuff I got to see in the Keys. That was fun. But probably the Alaska moment was, like, definitely thought my dad was going to get destroyed by a moose. But. That is something that I cannot relate to. But as you were telling your story, Austin, it seemed like you kind of Related to some kind of animal (laughs) trying to kill you. Do you have a story about that you want to share? I actually, I do. Uh, I do. Um, When I had, when we just, we just moved to Okeechobee and dad had taken, uh, come out there um, and came on staff. It was a pastor out there. And um, I started working for a ranch out there uh, for one of the big ranch families out there. And um, I was like, I don't know, maybe four months into working there. And uh, we had a cow that was um, on the ranch that had actually developed, like, it almost looked like a rash on the side of her face. And it looked really kind of weird, and we were, like, trying to find ways to treat it. And she had had a calf, so we well, there wasn't a whole lot we could do. Like, we couldn't give her a whole lot because, obviously, she's she has milk and she's feeding the calf. So we had to be very careful with what we were doing. Well, after the calf had weaned off, and she got to this point where it actually, like, what they called cancer became, like, flesh-eating bacteria and actually started to, like, eat away at the side of her face. No. And it was, like, very, very bad. And um, 
so we had made the decision. We were like, um, you know, the humane thing to do is we need to put this cow down because obviously she's suffering. And this big of a ranch, you know, you can't just go out and find a cow, you know. I mean, we're talking tons and tons of land. So you got to go out. And so it's a process to go find. So it took like three days to find this cow. We're able to corral her in. And uh, the guy comes up and is like, hey, Austin, we're going to put this cow down today. We need you to get the tractor. And then we'll put her down to pick her up and take her um, out out in the pasture to um, the other side of the property. And so I was like, okay. So I remember there, and I remember hearing the gunshots. He fired twice, and I was like, okay. So I got the guy who was working with us. I was like, get your tractor. Let's go. So we got it. We drove over there. And I pull up, and she's, like, laying there. And I was like, but her head was up. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. No, that's a zombie cow. And I'm like, nope. I'm like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> so I called, I called the boss, and I'm like, man, you're not going to believe this, but this cow's, like, it's, like, propped up. And he's like, What? He said, I just shot the thing twice. And I was like, I was like, I know. And he's like, well, let's give it a minute. He said, there's another cow got struck by lightning. Let's go get that. Let's go do that. <laughs> real, real thing. I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm listening to like a WandaVision. <laughs> real thing. <laughs> real thing. Hang so we, we get up. We go out there. We get this other cow. We take it out there to where the graveyard is. We drop it. And I come, and I told the guy, I said, take it out there. I'm going to come back. So I get back. And this cow's actually up on four legs walking around. And I'm like, this is crazy. So I call oh, my sir. boss back. And I'm like, you're not going to believe this. Half of this family is gone it's been shot twice and it's walking around what are we supposed to do and he's like okay go back to the barn there's a work truck there's a gun in there grab it I was like, okay so i load back get to the truck for I'm sensory grab- reasons we got to skip the next part here we can't <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get shut down by PETA. Yeah. On bath salts. Yeah. so so we go in there so i grab it come back and i'm like okay so i did the humane thing i shoot i shoot it right in the head and i'm like okay we're done we're done and and we're gonna move past it and um <laughs> And, like, something in the back of my head says, like, hey, Austin, you need to go grab more ammo. And I'm like, That's the whole spirit. <laughs> so I end up going, I go, back, I go back and grab one bullet and put it in the clip. And I'm just walking down there. And I'm like, okay. So I go walking down there. And literally, I get from, like, me to you away from this thing. And it goes from laying on the ground to standing in one motion and lets off the most demonistic scream I've ever heard in my life. Oh my. And I'm like... I'm going to die. I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm an hour from the nearest hospital. This is not good. And I take off running as fast as I can. And where we are, there's a fence and there's a big, deep, like it drops down to this big, deep creek. So you're like, like an angle. So I'm like running and there's a drainage ditch and I have to hop the drainage ditch to get back to my truck. And as I get to the drainage ditch, I can hear this thing getting closer and closer behind me. And I'm like, no, sir. So while I'm running, like instincts are kicking in. Like I'm like bolt action, drop the bullet in, flip the safety off. And I actually pushed off of my back leg that ended up spraining my ACL in the process. Pushed (laughs) off, turned the gun. And as I turned, she was actually so close to me that I actually put it right into her chest when I pulled the trigger and shot, and she actually fell over top of me and rolled in. We both rolled down in the have drainage you seen, ditch. Have you seen I Am Legend? <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 no joke. And no like, scope. we rolled down in this drainage ditch. No scope. <laughs> and, oh, I had a never related uh, and oh, to my nothing goodness. like this ever before. Hey, this hey, incredible. no joke. Bobby scariest, Palm. scariest <laughs> thing <laughs> I've ever happened. I'm just, I'm like crawling myself out of this ditch, and I'm like, this is crazy, and she. She's like still trying to get up and I'm like, it won't stop. 
So I ended up like running back to the truck because I couldn't even feel my leg at the moment. Adrenaline was pumping. I didn't know I'd hurt my ACL yet. And about that time, here comes the guy coming back with the tractor. And about that time, she had already passed. And so he comes up. He's like, oh, everything's cool, right? I'm like, yeah. Like the last five minutes have been (laughs) chaos. I feel like that was a story in the Bible with the pigs. (laughs) (laughs) All going down. When you said creek, I was like, this is. I'll tell you, I'll never forget that scream the rest of my life. That scream, like when she stood up and screamed like right in my face. And I was like, oh, this is not good. This is really, really not you good. You can actually text Freedom to 441441. <laughs> yeah. We can get you taken care of. It's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That was, I don't know how to respond. Nope. React. <laughs> By far. By far the closest to death I've ever come in my entire life. <laughs> well, John, good luck topping that one. So. <laughs> yeah. Bobby, you're up next. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm like uh, uh, in, the, in the movie Talladega Nights where Will Ferrell's yep. like, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I don't know where to go. Bobby, you got to tell us, you ever hit a game-winning field goal, no time left? Hey, oh. man. No, a serious question. Yes. Hold up. Two. Have you ever missed a game-winning field goal, no time left? Never. Never. Dang. Clutch uh, Bobby. Okay. Clutch Bobby. I know. Tell Lewis, us about one of the ones you hit. Lewis told me about one of the really awesome kicks that I've ever had in my career. And uh, so one of them, this is a great to segue from this, but uh, one of them was in a bowl game my junior year. We went to uh, St. Petersburg Bowl, hit a 52-yarder. Um, that a boy. But what was really cool about that was before that. So in the beginning of the year, uh, coaches come in to bring in a new kicker that was going to take my position. And um, Kind of all throughout preseason, they told me, hey, you can't do this, you can't do that, this kid can do this, this kid can do that. Mm-hmm. And so what I I said, all right, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. So and essentially, I, I did well, he did well. Uh, they essentially split our roles. And so uh, beginning of the year, that's what kind of what, what it was, what it looked like. All throughout kind of the beginning of the year, uh, essentially we're splitting roles. But I was kicking pretty good in practice. I was telling, telling you guys this, that when I was maybe six weeks in, I was kicking the best ever kicked before but I still was kind of splitting my role. And I was in practice one day, I just screamed. I was like, man, none of this means anything. Like, I'm doing this for nothing. Uh, A friend texts me and just says, hey, I was thinking about you. A verse that uh, really kind of sticks out to you, uh, sticks out to him for me. It was 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Uh, For the work that you do is for God. It's not in vain. And that struck me because I was getting so worked up on the stuff I'm doing is for nothing. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was saying, hey, being immovable. Don't let this kind of shake you. The work he's doing is for God. It's for his plan. Long story short, kind of all throughout the year, I said, okay, I'm just going to focus on this, focus on this. Wow. One thing led another. Um, I got this award that essentially is top kicker, uh, place kicker, or top 20 place kickers in the country. Lou Groves is a semifinalist, nice. uh, all-conference kicker, special teams conference, or special teams player of the year for my team. And then goes into that bowl game where our coach says, hey, you can't make this. I told him, said, I can make this. And so making it, MVP, MVP of our bowl game. Then my senior year made a bunch of game-winning kicks, so uh, it was kind of cool. That's gangster. I've done that so many times in my head, my backyard. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, you know you used to play street ball with yourself? A car would pass, you'd be like, that's an agent. They know. (laughs) I was was playing really well. Making so many threes in my front yard. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to be. Who were you playing when you won that game? Uh, Marshall. We didn't win the game. Dang, bro. Uh, We were in Alabama, bro. We weren't very good. But it's all right. It was a great kick, Let's just all be clear. I hate LSU and I hate Alabama and I hate Georgia. So, so all my strong words. Strong words. Big Huskies fan. So much hate. Like, hate is a strong word and I use it very <laughs> against LSU. Yes. What's wrong? You guys are the worst. Why aren't we the, the worst? worst kind of fans. The absolute on, worst. Absolute worst. See? The absolute Two worst. Thank you. Yeah. Y'all, Y'all are ridiculous. Over a game in Death Valley every day. Hey. Yeah, and you end up losing. Hey, all I don't time. take. Listen, I don't man, take. Bobby, you know don't this talk is true. To me like that. We are going all the way. 
Uh, PBA. Right. <laughs> Hold up. Football undefeated. You wish. Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. You guys are you Naya? What, what division are you in? Uh, whichever one we want to be with football. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have football. one. Like for real. The Sun Conference. Maybe? I think I think it's NAIA. Yeah, Naya. No, yeah. you guys are in D two. Oh dang. Oh, we are. Bro. Fun fact: We do a podcast of every sports fun fact. I'll just tell you. That's just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> That's okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, we'll do Bobby does our sports, our sports section. It's perfect. That's wild. Getting That's serious. wild. You know, we watch football for entertainment, but but John does something very different. You tell us about Craigslist, man. What's going on there? Why is that a thing for you? He's the he's a CEO. Tell us a story yeah, about it. I do have I do have a, have a that's Craigslist a little ridiculous addiction. Now there are there are sides of Craigslist. There are the weird sides, which I I appreciate you clarifying. Yeah, I just want to I want to get that out now. I'm not on the weird side that's of Craigslist, <laughs> but I I have a weird addiction with just buying random things, uh, and so I remember there was one day I went and was grabbing uh, Greek salads with a close friend of mine, and he just mentioned to me, like, dude, I've always wanted a sailboat. Now, I've yep. never, I've never sailed. No. Never, never done anything like that, and I was like, you know what? Let's, let's buy a sailboat. And he was like, no, we can't. I said, let's do it. I was like, let's just look on, on Craigslist, see if we can find some. And so I started looking on Craigslist right there, and there was, like, this one boat that just looked awesome. It was, like, 24 foot Slept four comfortably, had a bathroom. <laughs> slept four comfortably? <laughs> yeah. The description. I was like, yes. What? I don't need a house anymore. So did you and four friends sleep comfortably, or three friends, or did you read that in the description? There was no comfort at the end of this <laughs> story. Okay. No comfort. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, here's, here's what we're going to do. The, the boat was like a certain amount of money, and I was like, we're going to offer a ridiculous amount, and if the guy accepts it, it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. And so we like to throw a ridiculous low ball offer, and the guy's like, Sure, can you pick it up tomorrow? <laughs> and so we like, suddenly we own this sailboat. And it was in like Fort Lauderdale in like these little like waterways like back in these neighborhoods. And I was like, well, what do we, what do, we do now? <laughs> and so. How do you pick up a sailboat? <laughs> I didn't know. It was going to be this process. And so we ended up buying like this outboard motor from a guy who told us to call him Uncle Johnny. Also said, if we ever find ourselves in any trouble, give him a call. <laughs> but you're not in the weird Did he live in Okeechobee? <laughs> no. I know a couple of those. He was from Italy, and he talked with you. <laughs> uh, and so ended up, we like put this motor on the back of the sailboat and start kind of going out. We're trying to just get to the intercoastal. That was our goal. And uh, we're heading out, and we learned that Sailboats have large masts that can't fit under bridges. Uh-huh. And so you actually, we got to the first bridge and we're like, what do, what do we do here? <laughs> and so there's a guy like in the, uh, whatever. And, uh, and so I just kind of start like waving my arms at him and just kind of like yelling. And eventually he comes out and is standing on the bridge and starts yelling back. I have no idea what he's saying, but the bridge starts going up. And so I'm like, <laughs> I did something right. <laughs> and so we start going through. We get through one bridge. And we come up to, uh, it was in downtown Fort Lauderdale, the Las Olas Bridge. And um, we're, we're pulling up to the bridge. And I kind of do, like, the yelling thing, the waving thing. <laughs> and now, it, You know that you grew up in Florida, right? No, I was actually born in Alaska. No. We're, for real? We're Eskimo brothers. No way! <laughs> oh. What? <laughs> we'll circle back to that. You know bridges no open, idea. like, every 45 minutes, right? I now know that. Uh, okay. yeah. everybody, everybody watching is like, these yeah, are on timers. What are you doing? Yeah, everyone's like, this guy's an idiot. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I just wanted, before you, you wanted to go from Fort Lauderdale to West Palm? And I 100% thought I was going to do it in one night. <laughs> <laughs> it took me three months to get to West Palm. 
But like, so what ends up happening is this bridge finally starts going up and we're going towards it. And so the way it would work is I would stand at the front of the boat and then my buddy was on the back kind of like controlling the motor and I'm like telling him where to go. And suddenly like right when we're going under the bridge, we start veering off to the right. And so I'm screaming back, I'm like, bro, bro, we're about to hit the bridge. And I look back and he's just bent over the back of the boat. And he starts yelling, he's like, throw anchor, throw anchor. And I'm like, okay. And so I just grab this anchor we have and I just throw it overboard. And as it catches- In a dredged canal, yeah, okay. okay. So now here's the thing. It finally, like it catches and our, the current's coming from behind us. So our boat like flips around. And as it's flipping around and catching, I look up and there's a sign that says, do not drop anchor underwater power lines. Oh. And so I start panicking and I'm just pulling this thing up as fast as I can. <laughs> the power line was coming with it. <laughs> no, I pull it up and there's wires around no. the anchor. And so I'm like, I'm about to get shocked to death. And I'm like shaking it and, and eventually get all the wires off. But this anchor is now just absolutely tangled up. And I turn around and I'm like yelling at my, my buddy back there. I'm like, what is going on? The motor that we had mounted to the back fell off. <laughs> and so he's back there wrestling it. And he just stands up and he's holding the motor. <laughs> and I'm like, what do we do? So now we're just drifting. We've now spun around. The person that's on the bridge is screaming like, gain control of your vessel. Gain control of your vessel. And we're just drifting backwards through this bridge. <laughs> And it was also just so happened to be the Fort Lauderdale boat show that weekend. Oh, so it was just oh, no. the biggest yachts <laughs> everywhere. This is like people are on He's the. Like, I'm just like an idiot. So we end up slamming into like this this like dock area that came out from like a public dock, and suddenly, like I kid you not, the Lord is real, because like eight people that were just sleeping in this park just come sprinting out and start like grabbing ropes and like tying us off and all this stuff. And it didn't. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Rewind. Not Hold up. Eight homeless people came running down. <laughs> to your aid. Yes. They asked me for money. I was like, I think I'm in a worse spot. Like, I, really right now. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I can cash out. I can cash out. Yeah. I, I, like, I got I got nothing. Yeah. Can you tell them sailboats sleeps poor comfortably? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want this? Please take it. <laughs> so it was it was it was bad. Wow. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. I've heard you wrecked multiple sailboats. Is that true? Uh, yeah. I, again, like I said earlier, I'm an idiot, and I, it takes oh, me not. many times to learn something. Got it. Yep. So I've crashed two sailboats. Okay. Still don't know how to <laughs> sail. Crushed cheers to that. two sailboats. Cheers. Cheers to that one. That's fantastic. Well, cheers to the boys. This was stories Ooh. from the boys. We're about to transition to another segment of this crew podcast. It's going to be incredible. Better than this and that's not it's not hard to do (laughs) not hard to do not at all not at all all right tyler we're sending it to you what's going on lewis thanks for that throw i'm excited for this moment and the continuation of this episode because today we're doing a little segment with two of the best people in the world we got pastor bob pastor brandon here uh they're part of crew they're part they're pastors at our church and we're going to be doing a special episode with some some wings as you can see right here but right from the beginning uh pastor bob what's something people need to know about you real quick oh man uh I'm a blessed guy. I, I'm married for 17 years. I got Come five on. awesome kids, and yeah. life is crazy. It's always fast-paced, but I love it. 
Let's go. Pastor Brandon. Yeah. Uh, entrepreneur for 25 years, came wow. into ministry, been married 25 years, got two amazing kids also in ministry. Come on. That's amazing. Well, I'm excited for this conversation. And uh, you guys are both wearing shirts that say crew. Pastor Bob, you're wearing the hat that says crew. For those who don't know what crew is, uh, Pastor Bob, you just want to take a moment and explain what that is. Who is that? Because uh, we have some people who don't know. Absolutely. Uh, crew is a movement of guys of all ages, all generations, trying to be able to support each other, have each other's back, and what it would look like differently in our culture and yeah. our world of guys at every level. So Judah, your son, yeah. one years old, he's crew. My seven-year-old, he's crew. All of us yeah. at this table, we're crew. Older, yeah. younger, it's looking differently than what people think of men's ministry, where you can right. picture, if you say men's ministry, people can get a picture in their head. You're thinking yep. wrong. It's actually as deep as it can go with yep. every guy being able to think differently, love each yep. other differently, and support each other differently. That's yeah. what crew is. Come on. That's and I just think, add. yeah, I just add that it's it's uh, it's brothers, man. You got yeah. older brothers and younger brothers, but yeah. you are all brothers. And finding that spot where you can run with and guys that you can lean in. I just remember early in my life, I needed someone older, an older brother to kind of grab me by the collar and say, hey, yeah. this is how you need to do this. Yep. And so that's what crew is. Come on. Well, I'm excited. And today the crew boys are eating some hot wings. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited. So we're working a left to right. Each question, you're going to eat a wing. So that's going to where it's going to work. If you're tuning in with us, um, we have some wings from Duffy's, big fan of Duffy's. We're not sponsored by Duffy's, but at Duffy's, you want to throw something our way, um, we can we can chat. So with each wing, uh, you're going to eat a, a wing and answer a question. And so uh, the, the, the first wing is a honey garlic. Pastor Bob, I hear this is more of your speed, um, but yes. we're not staying comfortable, okay, because we crew guys, we got to get out of our comfort zone. And uh, so we got some water here. We got some uh, some chocolate milk and ranch if you need it. But this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a bite of the wing. I'm going to eat a wing. I'm going to ask a question. And so there's going to be a lot of probably lip smacking and, and stuff. But Brandon, I like that. He has do. to eat it first, the first before wing. he can ask the question. Yep. So I got to do it. It's integrity. <laughs> it's integrity. Uh, it's integrity. So we're going to take the first one on the left, which is honey garlic. So I'm going to go ahead and take mine. And uh, we're going to try and eat the whole wing. And the first question I have is is this. And, and we can decide who whoever is like most eager to answer this question can stab at it. And the question is this. One, is one of the craziest things... That you have ever done. It could be a, you know, jumping out of plane. My wife jumped out of plane this last time. She'll ever do that. Um, but if you don't have to have something like that, but what's the craziest story, craziest thing that's ever happened to you? And uh, yeah, Brandon, you're a th you're a thrill seeker. You've had some crazy all experience. Right. I think I'm you should start. All right, get a bite of the wing. Here we go. Answer it up. All right. So mom, love yeah, hunting, and uh, there was this one time where I was hunting out in. Uh, New Mexico, and the night before we were going to go out, the guy took us out to this field, and he said, hey, tomorrow morning, we're going to head out this direction. At the same time, we're looking at five grizzly bears in that field. And he said, now tomorrow, they won't be there tomorrow morning. They'll be, they'll be gone, you know? So I'm like, all right, cool. So we get up at 4 a.m. We head off down this trail. So we're walking about four miles straight. We get to the bottom of the, the very bottom of this trail, and we start hearing this, this grunt. Oh, boy. And he says, lay down. And I'm like, lay down? He's like, that's a grizzly. And I'm like, what, what? You told me they would be gone. And he's like, no, we, we need to lay down right now. Like, listen. So we literally laid down in the mud, in the wet, right there while we listened to this grizzly bear walk through the woods behind it. And that's four in the morning, you can't see it, but you could hear it. And I mean, I, I thought my heart was gonna explode out of my chest. So that's one of the crazy things, hunting stories. All right, that's so. That's shocking. 
We're going to need a vacuum for the floor after I'm done with this I'll particular segment. Duffy likes to batter their, their wings, Come apparently, on. so <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. I'm also thinking it's going to be pretty gross for people to, have oh, to yeah. listen to us smack like That's crazy right. on this. this. Is, it's all right. But this is, this is definitely my speed, this particular wing style, because <laughs> I don't have to worry about any heat. I'm just enjoying it. But I will say I'll stay within the animal theme, although more my speed, less out in the wild. Uh, I was blessed to be a news anchor. It was the first job that I had. For real? Out. Yeah. Uh, coming out of college, and uh, I was uh, stationed at KEZI News out in Eugene, Oregon. So we were doing this story to cover the Oregon ducks that were going to go over to the local zoo. And crazy thing was that they got all these linemen, they've got the running back and, and the quarterback with us, and we go through, and they're, we're basically getting shots of them at the zoo, yeah. the Oregon ducks, you know, with the animals type of a thing. And then they take us behind the scenes to go see They just had a litter of baby cheetahs that were just born. <laughs> And so they. I'm sorry, where was this? This was at the whatever the name of the zoo What's the in name? Eugene, Oregon. Oregon. Okay. And so they've got this litter of, of baby cheetahs that has just been born. And they ask all of these big, tough dudes if they want to be able to feed the baby cheetahs, and none of them was taking it. So they look around the room, and I'm standing there, some like news reporter guy that's just covering the story. And I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> so I got the chance to be able to feed a bunch of baby cheetahs, which was, you know, growing up, that was like my favorite animal growing up. Pretty cool experience. That's wild. Well, I'm, I'm glad you didn't get eaten by those cheetahs. <laughs> I'm glad that you didn't get eaten by a grizzly because uh, you wouldn't be here eating wings with us today. Uh, I love it. Okay, next question. So that, I just got to say, uh, an evaluation of that wing, Pastor Bob, I get it. This is something I feel like my 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 grandma could yeah, eat. Totally. Um, it was, it was put like her right sugar. To sleep. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if this was dessert on a, on a wing. Um, we're, we're moving on up. So the second wing we're attacking is called the cayenne, cayenne buffalo and it's medium so it's it's not what we just say that the heat's turning up so here's the question everybody go ahead and take your wing the next question is this uh what have been some of the most impactful moments in your life that have made you into the man that you are today you go first baby I, I, wants it. i've got some suspect looking stuff on my wing here i don't want to call duffy's out but i'm kind of feeling like this one might be i might just eat on the other side of this particular wing you do you. <laughs> um I don't think wings usually come with hair. Um, so Hopefully it's yours, right? <laughs> that wasn't hot either. I can handle that. All right, that one actually tastes pretty good. You I gonna, like to be able to get feel to my taste buds. I have a feeling the, a couple disaster. of the next ones are going to light it on fire. So I'm enjoying this, this calm before the storm. Um, mm -hmm. uh, ask the question again. It is this. What have been some of the most impactful moments in your life that have made you into the man you are today? Um, I would say... One of the more impactful moments of my life was actually self-inflicted and from a, a really hard space. Uh, not to go super down, but uh, I know that I didn't make a lot of good choices early on in my life. Um, when I was a young adult, I was, I was busy making really stupid life choices. And so uh, I found myself very much feeling like I was at the bottom of a well mm -hmm. of bad choices and this pinhole of light that looked like the escape all the way out. Uh, and I remember that's where God found me. And uh, definitely the most transformative experience was realizing that uh, no matter how much I'd screwed up, that that was not the evaluative measure. I grew up always thinking it was a scoreboard, mm -hmm. thinking about life and faith as a scoreboard. Yep. And I absolutely was able to realize, not from someone saying it to me, but from the experience of God's love 
touching my life and being able to say uh, the way that Holy Spirit does best is being able to say, I love you, I value you. That experience that we see Jesus talk about in Luke where the father meets the son on the road and is running towards him yeah. as he's still covered in, in, in um, brokenness. Yeah. I experienced that. That was a, a tremendously impactful moment. Then I would also say the different times in my life, there's a couple of different mentors that I have. Yeah. Uh, even even here, um, some, some phenomenal pastors have chosen to invest in me and the conversations, the ways that they've been able to have a word to be able to say to me that I could actually listen to. I mean, mm-hmm. you always have to choose. You can have wisdom all around you. There right. is a million opportunities around us at all times, but uh, having having people that would actually speak life and speak correction in yeah. a way that's able to be received, uh, some of the most impactful moments are those moments where I've been able to change the trajectory. Obviously, my, my wedding, each of the birth of my children right. are impactful, but these are the things that come to my mind first. That's good. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go post salvation. I got saved at a really young age, so it was it was several years later when I started figuring out what this this whole relationship with Jesus was like. And it yeah. was actually a guy that called me out on it, and yeah. he's like, "Hey, man, you say you're a Christian, but you're doing you're doing this or you're right. acting that way, and like it's not evident." And so, I think for me, just all of those times, like God strategically put people in my life to yep. call me up and call me out, even if I was starting to get off track, like head to the left or to the right. There was somebody there that he put in my life that was like, hey, man, come come on back. Get get back centered here and get on this road. Um, obviously, getting married at a super young age, having kids at a really young age, all that was another opportunity for me just to see God in a different way Like yeah. as he started inserting into my story as I got older and grow. But those times when, when people called me out, called me up, and really challenged me. I'm, I'm a guy that needs challenge. Yeah. Like, I can't. I can't not have a challenge in front of me. If I do, yep. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get bored, and I'm going to go find my own challenge. That's why we got the ghost. Come right on, here. we're going to get to it. <laughs> yeah, but um, just those season, like yeah. I, mean, I remember Todd, Tom, all of them at one point in my life had had that moment where they're like, "Hey, this is what I see God has for you," and I didn't believe it. Most of the time, I didn't believe what they were calling out of me, but I was up for the challenge to try to see what is that really for me. So that's awesome. I love the two things that both stuck out to me. Uh, Pastor Bob talking about. Uh, you know, mentorship and someone coming speaking life into you um, in, in that way, but also Pastor Brennan talking about uh, someone to be able to call you up, call you out, you yep. know, because sometimes we need to be called out, yeah, and, totally. but not just be called out to be called out. Because yeah. I think sometimes we've all experienced being called out yeah. and left. Right. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. But for someone to call you out and then call you up yep. is so important. So what do you, what would you say, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, about crew, um, this is for the boys, ladies are yeah. at sisterhood. How important then is it for for young people to have people to run with, to roll with? You know, um, what would you say to the young adult who's like doing life alone? You know, Man, would, I'd say it's one of the most dangerous places you could be in, for real. Yeah, I mean that's when the the enemy is going to come at you with everything he's got. Because yeah. and go back to animal analogy when they're all together, nobody messes with them. Even if they're weak, yeah. they're like that's we're going to so leave good. them alone because there's a pack of them together. But as soon as you get one off by themselves. Man, it's fair game. There, yep. everybody's going after that one, and it, and they usually get eaten up because yep. they're alone, yep. isolated. Nobody's there to help pick them up. Nobody's yep. got their back saying, "Hey, get off of them, man. Give them a break." So that's so good. Huge. Yeah, I, I would say um, it is important for each individual 
to to take ownership of their own life and their own desire to be able to see growth. Yep. And so mentorship doesn't just happen. If you're waiting for a person to be able to come, like none of those people that poured into me, they didn't come and seek me out. Yep. I went and looked to them. Yep. I asked them. I made yep. time to be able to get into their world. And I make it a regular practice mm-hmm. every single week to be able to carve out time, make sure that that is not moved. When there's mm-hmm. a million things going on, the one thing in my calendar that doesn't move, there's several of those conversations I have to have yep. that keep me uh, centered because I'm always, I will say this as genuinely today, this is not post, you know, this is not years and years ago, right. Bob. This is Bob today sitting at this table. I am one degree away from stupid yep. at any given moment yep. at all times. Yeah. I am just <laughs> one one selfish, self-motivated decision away from yep. having to pick up some pieces and being able to have the people around me yep. that I know, I care about their opinion, yes, but I also know that I need to be taught. Yeah. that there's so much that I can grow on. And and if I get the opportunity to be able to help somebody else grow as well, fantastic, mm-hmm. because then both of us are learning. But yeah. I'm definitely yeah. going to be leaning into the learning. I would say that to anybody at any age, but I would definitely say it at that age range of young adults because yeah. the catalytic moments of your life and the trajectory you can take when you make good decisions at this right. at this stage they're huge. Right, the compounding yeah. interest of making a good decision at this stage right. is almost more impactful than any other life stage. Yep. yep. That's awesome. And, and I think both of you are such great examples of that. Pastors in the community, um, great fathers, you know, great husbands. And so like young young people, young adults are like, I, okay, I see the, I want to be like them. And, and this is really just the reality of a lot of young adults. And I've thought this, it's the whole like, well, Elisha, Elijah just came over and cast his cloak over and said, yo, come follow me. And so that's a lot of the mindset of young people is like, well, I'm just, I'm waiting for someone to recognize me. I'm waiting for someone to have this. And it's honestly, it's, it's so romanticized. It's like, it's like, we're like, God, just, you know, da, 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 highlight the, and, and so we wait. And I've had young people, you know, um, even like students and even just friends of mine who are like, I want to be mentored. I want to be mentored. And um, honestly, a lot of us don't know how to go about that because there's a fear of what if they don't want to spend time with me? What if I get rejected? So it's so it's so nuanced. But I do think what I love that you said is just um, that you need you, you're seeking it out. Like you intentionally put yourself in spaces where probably you were even um, you know not accidentally, but you were you were mentored by default because you were in their space. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, what would you say to that person who's just, who is waiting? Like how how do you? What are some strategic ways that you can get in, you know, uh, approach that process? Because we, we're, we're waiting and we're sometimes just like, well, no one's come my way, so I guess I'll just keep waiting and, and see what happens. There are times when a moment happens that is so clear that you're like, in the moment, you realize how impactful it is. Sure. But that is rare, at least in my experience. Most of the time, it's in the rearview mirror, you look back and realize that time, that era, that space that I had with, with those people was more impactful than I realized. So yeah. be intentional about the people that you are surrounding yourself with. So be good. intentional about the relationships you are crafting and position yourself so that you're ready because more yeah. of the life that you're gonna have is is caught than taught. Yep. Those mentors, yeah. we've had great yep. conversations, but it's been more of the time, like you just said, spent with them and little pieces that are off of the questions. I might have asked them a question. They might have been able to help me handle a specific problem, but it was more of the life approach yep. that was being gleaned from them. And that can only happen through intentional decision of of carving out time. It's not like, hey, yeah. I'm going to ask this person if they'll sit down and have coffee with me once. Yeah. Yeah. It's who are the people that I'm positioning on a regular That's basis. So yeah. yeah. And I would just say, man, in the waiting, do, you got a responsibility to still do something. Yeah. Like a lot of people will say, if I'm waiting, I'm just sitting here with my hands right. like, okay, what do I do next? Yep. You know, but you got a responsibility. Keep working. Like, right. 
Just keep doing stuff. If you can't remember anything else or you don't have a next step, go back to what God gave you to do last, yep. you know, and do the best you can there. Yep. And make somebody come and say, man, I see you're crushing it there. Let me, let's grab coffee. Let's talk. Let's have lunch. And then don't, don't stop asking. Right. Like, who cares how many yeah. times someone says no or how many people say no? Yeah. Keep asking. Somebody's going to be willing to invest in you if you're willing to invest in yourself. I, I think a lot of times what I see is somebody that's not willing to do the work. They're not willing to put in the hard, mm -hmm. the hard work in the middle of the waiting, and they're just they're waiting for someone to actually move them when they could be moving themselves. And so I would just say keep working. Keep asking. Don't sit. That's so good. And that Elisha moment's going to happen in our era a lot more often for people that have already positioned themselves mm. yeah. like that, that are yeah. already in the game or already running after it because most of the time um, you've got a team of people that are chasing after something together. Yeah. And so they're looking at, I mean, if you just picture the metaphor that I just said, just you're chasing after something, the people you reach back to pull upward are the ones that are running with you. Yeah. So you got to choose where you're running with is yeah. the thing. And that's what I mean, if we go yeah. back to just the idea of crew and everything else, yep. it's trying to cultivate a community where that happens naturally, yep. where we care about each other uh, several degrees more than what is commonly allowed, yep. that we, we think more of these things. That's awesome. And I, I love that that story because there, there was so much that happened before the cloak moment, right? Yep. He had, to, he had to make some hard decisions. Like he had to leave, and I love it because it actually points a lot to my story where he had to leave the family business. He had to burn everything yeah. and say, this is secure, this is comfortable, this is everything that, that tells I have something next to do, I have a future, this will be easy. Mm -hmm. But instead, I'm gonna burn all that yep. and go do the hard work and go after the unknown, step out in faith where they could fail, yep. and then chase him to be able to be in that position where, where the cloak does happen. So it's... Uh, that's the, that's the part where people miss. You know, they, they're like, oh, that was the moment. Well, yeah. no, actually, there was a lot of moments right. before that moment. Yeah, and, and I love that you said that. And uh, I think you said who, you're, who you're surrounding yourself with matters. And yeah. I think of just even the, the guys in, in our young adult ministry who have, didn't have friends, and then they legitimately, I've watched it happen, they'll come, get plugged in on the weekend, get plugged yep. into our, our young adults ministry, join a crew group, and I'm not kidding. Um, they're like best friends. Yeah. Like they're leading, but they're also hanging out in different spaces. And it's literally God's been connecting their stories and their lives, building out accountability, big, building yeah. out encouragement. Um, and, and I see them hanging out more um, outside of the walls of, of our gathering places yeah. um, than in. And so it's just been incredible, and, and I'm excited about that. And so uh, I, I want to move on to the next question. Go. And uh, oh, we're, we're going to the last one tasted good. I have a feeling yeah, so this is where it's going to turn. Honestly, there's been no heat. I would have given both of these <laughs> to uh, my grandmother. <laughs> um, and I would have been happily eating yeah, yeah, yeah. with your there's grandmother no while the rest of you were there's sweating no your faces off on the corner. <laughs> there's no shame. But we're, we're, we're moving on here to wing number three. This is called Nashville Hot. Come on, I and love And the question this. Uh, is, is kind of building off uh, of, of our conversation already. It's, it's what is something that you do on a daily or maybe it's a weekly rhythm or a weekly basis uh, that helps you lead yourself well? Because everyone's like, I want to be a leader. I want to be a leader. I want to lead others. But we all know if we don't learn to lead ourselves well, we can't lead other people well. And so, um, Pastor Brandon, if you want to you take this one first, yeah. I'll let you dive into Nashville hot, but what is something, what's a discipline, or what's maybe something that you've put in place in your life to help you lead yourself well that maybe, maybe you didn't do before, but there was this kind of aha moment, but feel free to speak to it as you're chomping down on Nashville yeah. hot. So it's going to sound super boring, and it's not going to be anything that's going to make a highlight reel, but for me calendaring and really making sure that I told my time where it went. If, if you go back six, seven, eight, nine years ago, I didn't calendar anything because I was, I didn't, no one told me what to do or how to do it or when to do it. But when I got into ministry world, I realized that everybody wanted some of your time. 
and there was no way I had enough if I was out doing my own thing and doing what I wanted to do. So every single day I go by my calendar, I put everything in there. I put my devotional time in there. I put when my day starts and when it ends so that I know intentionally when I shut it down because you can get, you can work, be a yeah. workaholic. You could take it home and work all night. Um, I put appointments in there. I put, if I have a 15 minute phone call or a 10 minute phone call, it's in my calendar. Yeah. I put lunch in my calendar. I put all those things in there. Um, and then I set reminders. So I want, I want to drink a lot of water, right? I want to try to be healthy. So yeah. I put water reminders in there, but all of that goes to the calendar and just making sure that I'm telling my time where to go. So it's not telling me where to go. That's good. And I got so out of balance when I, when I wasn't doing that. Well, I know it's not that I'm tough. I've tried to eat every single part of this to make sure I could find whatever would have been <laughs> Nashville hot. But so far, You're that was good. also very tasty. That was the best. Okay. That was the best wing structure so far, by the All way, right. as well. So I like the. You're also eating wings with two hands. Pastor Brandon, you're eating with, with one. I'm a one, you know, I think there's one hand because you have a clean hand for water. I was telling the team before this. So um, we, can, we can talk about how to eat a wing maybe after this. <laughs> I'm just a mess maker, man. I'm going to get it all over everything. So. He's really <laughs> held one little wing with two hands. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Man. I did not. What are you talking about? I was <laughs> like a little squirrel. <laughs> so good. Uh, right. Yes. Is that how Grandma would have had it too? Uh, yeah. yeah. Grandma would have had a. A knife and a fork and just slowly shaved it off like a full turkey. Yeah, Hey. I see that plastic (laughs) wear coming out of your pocket. Come on. (laughs) That's all good. I'm not trying to win any ultra-masculinity awards today, so it's all good. Um, I would say... we got all kinds, right? Yeah, we got, yeah, we got yeah. the tough guy, yeah. and then you've got whatever I am. I'm not a tough guy. <laughs> well, I'm not tough. But. So um, I think that the best practice, it's going to sound uh, really, really churchy and really um, really trying to, no. to reach. Are you sure? I don't know. <laughs> the water went down the wrong Maybe it's that one hand. Looking for a when you eat it with two hands, yeah, you don't have that kind of problem, something. Brandon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can tell the oh, sauce man. where to go. I thought you were saying, I don't know. I'm promising you. I'm, I'm, I'm making a go. case for the for the two-handed yeah, yeah, yeah. wing oh, eater. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, I would say that for me, the most critical mm-hmm. practice, um, and, and, and I agree with everything that Brandon just said, um, it, it also is helpful, but I would say for me, it is absolutely um, leaning into God's Word every single day and yeah. then increasing the attention to that. So it's not, I, there never comes... Uh, a year that I don't enter into the year. I'm not a resolution guy. Every day is a new resolution. So if I'm if I want to do better, and I don't care what the date is, today's date is the day that it starts. If I just became aware of it, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. a, a definitive year mark for me in January first always marks mm-hmm. a spot where okay, this year, Lord, how do you want me to engage your Word on yeah. a daily? basis. I need to hear him every single day. I need to hear him more than just on a daily basis. But that begins the soundtrack, just like you have a podcast. You have a soundtrack mm-hmm. right now that hopefully is speaking life into right. you. That soundtrack is the most important one. It's the one. So currently what the iteration looks like for me is that there's journaling that takes place every yeah, single that. day. Yep. I've got to write. I've got to. And I, I, I hold myself to that to where when I get into those seasons where I won't do it, yep. weeks can go by where I'm just reading and I'm consuming in a different way. Yep. But when I write... I, I oftentimes have to slow down enough that I listen. That's, yep, yep. that's the problem sometimes when I get in a consumer mindset. Like we're actually taking these wings one bite at a time and taking it slowly and going through it. But how many times have I eaten wings where I'll have 10 of them and before I can even have my stomach realize that there is food on the way, I'm ready to order something else from Duffy's. <laughs> like I'm, I'm moving on. Yep. Whereas this approach actually allows me to, to be more aware of right. what I'm consuming. Same thing with the Word of God. Yep. And, but that, that practice 
both reading every day, but mixing it up and making sure it stays, making sure it stays fresh, yeah. approachable, interesting, and relevant and real to me all the time. I love that you said journaling because uh, I journal all the time. I was just having a conversation uh, with a young adult in our community uh, who's journaling um, and learning so much. And I had another conversation with one who doesn't. And it, it often comes across as like, well, the ladies can journal, you know, like, and I'm like, no, it's not, it's not a, it's no. not like that. Like we, it's so helpful and beneficial to our walk. And, uh, and so I'm really glad that you highlighted that. But Pastor Brandon, what would you say? Yeah, I would just say that I love that you said that because so many people get that wrong. Like journaling can be so many different things. Like you could be journaling your prayers where you can look back a year later and say, right. man, what was I Huge. praying about in January? Or even a scripture. Like I remember one time taking Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 and just I wrote that same scripture down probably 100 times throughout one year and just journal. Like, God, what are you telling me today? Like there'd be times I'd wake up and I, we've all done this. Like, I don't know what's next, Lord. I don't know what you have yep. for me. I don't know what decision to make. And he'd go back, well, do you trust me? Who are you listening so to? You listen to me, to the word, or are you listening to the others around you? Yep. So I love that. Um, journaling is huge, huge. That's awesome. I would say uh, two things that, that um, go with that. Like many times I'll ask God, God is able to handle all of my hard questions because they're not really nearly as hard as I think they right. are. Like sometimes the arrogance of me thinks like I'm going to ask him a question that's going to upset yeah. this whole apple cart of faith and it's ridiculous. But it's not until I ask the question and I've asked some really blunt questions to God in my journals and in yeah. that time. And what I'll see is that a month or two later, the answer that I was uh, that to what I was just asking shows up but I can recognize it because I wrote it down. Right, yeah. I'm actually aware of it. It doesn't stay here in the back of my mind. It's not just floating as this constant uh, atheistic question that I don't want to verbalize, but mm -hmm. I've actually verbalized it. Yep. I've actually given it uh, the ability to now be answered because we've actually zeroed in on it. And yep. then I see that the answer comes. And the second thing I think is, is powerful with journals too. Uh, I know for me, um, my son Ethan probably won't hear this podcast beforehand, so that, that works out well for me. But like for each of my kids, I'm on a journey of being able to take a Bible and I'm going to, they, they have, uh, I bought these Bibles that have extra wide margins where yeah. I can write and I'm, I'm journaling on every single page of the entire book. I'm, I'm in the last two or three minor prophets to finish up his Bible that I'll give to him on his 16th wow. birthday. Wow. It has That's every cool. single page is covered in personal notes to him with his name in it, writing, That's see the so scripture amazing. right here, this speaks to you, son. That's awesome. And so I know I'm talking to yeah. future Ethan, when he's 16, yes. Yeah. When he's 29, when he's 40, beyond me, maybe going to a kid down the line that I won't even be there to, to know, but yeah. I can speak life into them. And so there's things that can happen when we fashion a pattern yeah. of, of this interaction yeah. with God's Word. Thanks, Bob. My son is listening, and I did not do that for his Bible at 16 <laughs> years old. So, Well, there's, there's, there's time for maybe that. Maybe I'll go to yeah. work on it now. Maybe <laughs> I'll get to work on it now. That's awesome. Man, I got a 16-month-old son, so I'm like, dang, man. I'm it helps to get ahead of the curve. I've got four more kids. I'm only halfway through Noah's. Oh, snap. I'm going to pray for your wrists. <laughs> goodness. That's so good stuff. Okay, we got one more wing left, and this is, uh, before I even ask you the question, we're going to just attack this one together. This is the uh, Atomic Ghost Chili. So we're going to eat the whole wing, and then uh, I'm going to ask the question so we can focus on, on the wing. But let, right, let's go for it. Now, do you guys, which kinds do you like? We got these drumstick ones, which are my favorite. Yeah, which so most I of these selected these because they're easier yes. to eat. Um, I like it. And so yeah. if you did So you're supposed to have this with one hand? Like, really? Well, no, no, I'm talking about, like, there's a way to eat. This is, this is go a on, teach conversation. it now. Yeah, yeah. We're, okay, like, well, there's... Be practical. <laughs> these are, they're, they're not hot anymore. When they're hot, you can take the other ones and you can break the bone with, with your Come teeth on. and just, yep. you know... And pull the meat right off. Yeah, once, pull the meat right off. One, one sliver. 
and it's effortless. And here's the thing: you get like cred with people when you're eating because you're just like chilling, and then your hands all clean and yeah. Then you can um, get your. I was not always like this. Was like a before Christ moment. I used to be the messiest <laughs> wing eater, and my parents would just like <laughs> he saved every time I'm not I saved eat, anymore because I'm messy. Oh, seriously, I literally was so messy, and I got tired of of like you know. Like, oh, there's sauce all over your face. So I changed it. And, and now I can eat wings in a, a fine dining establishment, although I probably shouldn't. Um, but uh, I can't. So let's go for the I'm wing. I'm still trying to reach. It. This is my evangelical yeah, yeah. moment. Okay, we're I going even, for it. Because I'm still reaching the others. Wing side. four, comic, <laughs> ghost, chili. All right. I don't. This is definitely hotter. Oh, snap. Yeah. All right. Whole thing. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. This is really peppery. Mm -hmm. I don't like pepper. I'm, I'm liking this one. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing okay. Are I'm you telling the right? truth? Yeah. All that journaling and no. scripture, you sure you're telling mm -hmm. the truth? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep like going it. after it. Um, if you guys are listening on YouTube or whatever, you can uh, throw in whether you like wings or not, or your favorite sauce, or your recommendations. Peppery. I don't really like this flavor. It's too peppery. Yeah. You know, yeah, I kind of, I kind of like it. it for the podcast. But so none of these has done the thing that I hate about wings. Like why I've never liked hot wings. These but maybe it's because they aren't as saucy. But I hate when I get the burn on the outside of my lips. Like that is like my least favorite moment mm -hmm. in all wing eating. And so I guess I was scarred at a young age and just we good. Never wanted to. That's why. Yeah, I was yeah. Like garlic on, honey. Yeah, hey, that's really good. There's an angle there. Oh, there's that's a sauce right sense. here. It's probably cold, but if you wanted to, like, super dunk it in there. Is that the bad one? Mm -hmm. Is that that's, that's the a ghost pepper sauce? So. Well, let's find out. Um, yeah, maybe you can... See, you can this dip. is one of those ones, though, delayed reaction. So two minutes from now, I'm going to regret even having this idea. The Ooh. only problem, the problem is, it's not when you eat one of these. It's when you eat 12. That's when you're... Yeah. Yep. Your life is ruined for the next 24 hours. It's, getting, it's kicking in a little bit. It's, it's starting to slow build. It's Come a on. slow okay. build on this one. So I wanted you to eat the, eat the wing first. Uh, here's the question. Uh, what is exactly what you don't do with hot wings? I'm drinking water. Yeah, water's on. That's spreading why I, just around. Can't, I can't drink it, man. There's no way. How do you? Is this yo? I don't know. It's you who. You who? You who? You're not We're familiar not with you who? <clears throat> I'm not in a can. Oh my goodness. I don't even know what to it's say. It's been about a long that. time since I've had mm -hmm. you to you who. This was the younger. Question four. Time. Here we go. Two options. Okay, you get to pick. Oh, it's building. What is one oh, of the strangest? That was dumb. <laughs> That was Man. not an intelligent moment. There were better things I could have done. Well, we're moving on. <laughs> what is one of the strangest or weirdest questions? No, not the question. I'm answering, asking this wrong. What is one of the strangest? <laughs> my mouth is like, okay. This what reminds is, me of the moment when my wife had, had been, whoa. the first time, my first whoa. interaction. No, just, well, we're going we're to take it to okay place. Okay. All right. But she had essential oils, which I was like, whatever, I don't even oh. care. And I made the mistake of having peppermint and putting it, because she was like, oh, you know, oh, it'll no. help your headache go. And I was like, great, fantastic. So I had it all over my fingers. I'm not even thinking about it. I go on with the rest of my day, and I go to rub my eye at some oh, point, because I'm so stupid with touching my eyes all the time. It's I bet so you bad. I got to be careful. Cause yeah, yeah, don't. We did a crew broadcast not too long ago, remember? And we had the guys eating peppers. Yep. And I was the one who cut all the peppers in preparation for it and forgot. Like, we had these insane ones. And so I, I end up rubbing my eyes like yeah. two minutes well, after. Well, don't do that because your no. hands are both messy because you used two <laughs> hands. That's true. Ones. I have no free hand. <laughs> See, we get another we can, reason. Yeah, I got my left. You can rub your eyes want. all the time. All right. What is one of the strangest or weirdest things you have ever said publicly into a microphone? That's question one. <laughs> Or what is the most embarrassing story that you have to tell that you're willing to tell? What is it? 
I know you I guys mean, you both are in a microphone all See, of the time. You you said that it was you. you had. You I got tons burned, of plumber stories. Man, nobody wants to hear those. I don't know. You get to pick. All right, I'll do a real quick one. Plumbing story real quick. I had real a guy quick. that was cutting a main sewer line. I tried to tell him not to do it, and then he was going to take a sledgehammer. It was, it was a big piece of pipe, like 10 inches around. So I knew it's a live sewer line, people. Live sewer line. That means stuff is in there flowing all day long, oh boy. right? So when you say stuff, you just, you know. <laughs> the worst. Yeah, yeah. What do you flush down a toilet? Yeah. The worst of the worst is coming yeah, out. Yeah. It's a live sewer line. So Amazing. this guy's name's Bill. He worked with me at the time, and he, he couldn't get the cut all the way through, so he decides to take a sledgehammer. And I'm like, Bill, do not hit this with a sledgehammer. So the rest of us back way up because we know what's coming next. So Bill hits it with a sledgehammer, and of course, you know what happens. Only this... you the, Like a water fountain. The pipe busts, and it shoots right in his mouth. Oh, right in his mouth. Lord all over mercy. his face. Yeah, so that's gross. Plumber's door, but... The timing um, of that was horrible. I said you... <laughs> I drank the you, and you're saying... Oh. So... Um, all right, so we're in Israel. It's just, we're at the place where Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. And I am asked to preach at this particular, I'm asked to preach like six hours before we get there. Not back to follow. And so I'm, I've, I've got one of these points and I'm trying to t- articulate that we can do more with our body language and say things without actually using words. And so I start talking about this painting that I saw that this guy was telling me this, this picture was worth, it was worth a million dollars, this painting. And I couldn't understand because it was one of the ugliest things I've ever seen in life. And I'm like, so then I started talking about the ways that we communicate. And I was talking about um, how my wife and I have date night. And so mm-hmm. I can determine how the date night's gonna go based on some of the ways we communicate. And so we have different sets of emojis <laughs> that we send. <laughs> And that's going to tell me how the date night's going to end, right? No, so don't. I know. Wait, at the Sermon on the Mount, on, on that hill, yeah. looking, overlooking the I think Jesus was laughing. I think he was. I really do. Todd was right behind me, and Julie was right behind me, and they were laughing. So so I, didn't, I look out to the audience. There's 300 people there listening, and I realize that I have, I have just put myself into a really bad spot because— I'm thinking very different. Like it's going to be a good day night, or it's not going to a date night's going to happen at all. They're thinking <laughs> yes, what's going to happen thinking, at the end, yes, end of date night. Yes. And so for Lord the rest mercy. of the NSFW trip, very everyone was like, "What's your emojis? What's your emojis?" And I'm like, "I'm never telling anybody what these emojis oh, are." Man. Still to this day, I don't think I've told anybody. Well, you just told. <laughs> No, you don't know what they are. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. We, so yeah, if you I picked up her phone, when I'm picturing. That's good. <laughs> so if you picked up her phone and saw the emojis, the series of emojis, there's a series, by the way. It's, it's not just one. Yeah. Well, Chris might, might be listening to this one, too. So, Sorry, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, don't know. Hey, get you some emojis. That's all get I'm saying. Get you some emojis. That, that has to be the title of this. Emojis and hot wings with pastors. My goodness. <laughs> that feels like That's a amazing. good sermon for the Sea of Galilee. Hey. What's your emoji? <laughs> all I can I am, is... I am self... Editing right now so much. Listen, so all that mattered to me was I looked over at my beautiful wife on the Sermon on the Mount and she was smiling and laughing. Right. So I there knew it might Come be on. a good day. So that day ended well. <laughs> Come on. All right. Wow. All right. Sorry. Well, I, yeah. I don't catch all of the self edits. I'm yeah. trying. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying. Yeah. Okay. Pastor Bob, what you got? Oh, I don't have anything nearly as good as that. My the goodness, ghost pepper got to eat it up. Yeah. You got to oh. come with some heat now. That is. I, the Yoohoo's helping. Um, so I'm about out, though. That's going to... I meant just story. About to, <laughs> uh, I would say I've said and done a lot of dumb things, uh, and I've got a lot of embarrassing moments. I would say uh, what first triggered in my head was last Christmas, 
uh, on platform when you mentioned the microphone. And it wasn't so much what I said. It was how I handled that whole moment. So we have this beautiful <laughs> moment at Christ Fellowship. It's always a good one. Um, where you're, you have the candlelight Oh, you didn't mess moment. up the candlelight moment, did you? Uh, our, our lead pastors, that's are the, they going to be listening to this? That's <laughs> the signature <laughs> Christmas moment. And it's pretty straightforward. It's really not that complicated. So my kids are all in front of me. got the five little Come Thunder on. kids. Amy's next to me. Amazing. And we've just sang Silent Night. So it's a great, you know, the church is ready to just have that final commissioning so they can go out and be able to have uh, what they've been looking for for the after party. And so I'm sitting there, and I realize... Um, that, you know what, I think I want to take this service a little different than what I've said oh in the past ones. I'm going to go a little bit off on the fly. of dangerous. what I'm saying because there's something that I feel inspired to. Yeah. So I go to share this inspirational nugget that just hit my heart as to what we were just as a church collaborating on in this song of Silent Night. And I begin to realize that it's very odd. I cannot hear myself in the room and my chin is starting to hurt quite a bit. It's getting hotter and hotter no. and hotter. And that's when I look down <laughs> to where I see in my left hand no, that yeah. I'm not using a microphone. And I realize that I am speaking passionately into a lit candle. <laughs> it was a great moment to which everybody- have a facial hair. <laughs> that's amazing. Chris, can you fix this? It's, uh, no one's that's hearing amazing. me. Thank God you don't typically have a beard because that would have ended yeah. real, real, real bad. So you're holding a, a, a candle and pretending it was a microphone. And everybody's watching. I mean, I'm on every <laughs> screen possible talking into a candle. That's amazing. And the, the music has come down. It's perfect. It's a moment. And so then I just, you know, what do you do? You just amazing. make fun of the fact that you just decided to transition into a candle and move on and Merry Christmas. That's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm so glad that I just heard that. That's amazing. We oh. tried like crazy to find video evidence of this and we could not. They were they were right. They were still on the worship leader. Uh, and, and they transitioned right afterwards, so they caught That's me making Lord. fun of the fact. But the Lord covers us. Do you have any burns? There is, there is a video out there because one lady, um, spontaneously, we have this happen every once in a while. People are inspired to come right up to the edge of, of, of our altar spaces to capture uh, moments, uh, whatever inspires their hearts. And so she came all the way up. I remember thinking awkwardly in the midst of me getting this inspiration. Also, somebody should probably be checking to see if that lady has good intentions because she came all the way up with her camera to get a shot, I'm guessing, of Bethany singing. And so in the background, she would have gotten a very good oh. uh, video of me talking into a candle. So it exists out Man, there. I was Perhaps the person is listening today, and if so, do the right thing. Well, Let us it. find... Or do or do you I'm fine, but I've actually loved it. <laughs> oh, you want it. You want it. That feels like it needs to be a meme somewhere. Uh, that's amazing. I'm so glad you didn't burn your face off. That's, that's incredible. Okay, last question. Let's land the plane. Uh, as we're landing the plane, last question. Uh, what's your biggest piece of advice uh, to you know our, our guys in our, our ministry, but also just young adults in general who are going to be tuning and listening? Uh, leave them with a nugget, um, maybe a, a candle burning nugget, uh, <laughs> but that's that's what we're going with. And um, you pick whatever one you want, right? Yeah, we can do a, a pick pick whatever you want. How do we know which one's which? It goes left or right. This is the the, the honey stuff, and it goes to the, the all right. Ghost. Which one you want? I'm not scared of any of them, so I'll honestly you pick first. Hurry, though. I'll let you go first. I'll let both of you I'm going to do first. the Nashville Hot. I really like I'm that I'm going one. for the ghost again. You're going for the ghost again. I'm going for the ghost. All right. Cool. Um, well, so I'll, I'll jump in. The, uh, the one piece of advice I would say, and this was given to me years ago, and that was just uh, to get people around you. Get someone in front of you who's got some experience. Oftentimes, we, we neglect the, the older group because we feel like they don't know what's going on in my world. 
but there was a lot that went on in their world, right? Mm -hmm. So get the older one out in front of you that's got some experience. Get people that are running with you side by side so that you have, you have some people to lock arms and do life with. And then the one that most people miss is get someone that's behind you mm. so you can pull someone along. So, so when you remember that someone's watching what you're doing and you've got to go meet with them, so not only do you meet with the person mm -hmm. who's ahead of you, not only are you meeting with the brothers that are running beside you, but when you got to pull someone younger along and let them know that you blew it or invest in them or see what they're going through, man, it keeps you accountable on all sides. So good. So good. And I would say that's uh, kind of that medical model, learn one, do one, teach one. Um, and being able to have it so that but based on what you're just saying there too, is is there's a lot that's learned as you're teaching and as you have to step into that role. And so sometimes it's, um, I went through an experience, I learned from it, somebody coached me, but then as I'm coaching it to somebody else, all of a sudden I see it from a different vantage point that helps it solidify even more. Because the same lessons, it's just continually growing. Um, I'm just building off of what you said. I would, I would say if there was a separate independent thought, I would say to young adults, um, Man, there's a lot of things that I would say, honestly. Yeah. You're, you're doing better than you think you are. Yep. Um, you have more time than, than you think you have. And so there's this urgency that you don't want to, you, to put cold water on. That's good. There's ambition that can flow <clears throat> from that. But um, the impatience actually blocks you many times and, and yeah. builds a whole storm of emotions that you then have to process. And you spend more energy trying to process the emotions than just being able to know that God is sovereign. His timing is not uh, diminished by our sense of urgency. He's, he's never rushed. And so you can trust him if, if just for that, you can trust him for that. But then in connection to that same timepiece, what I would say is be aware of, I mentioned this briefly earlier, the, the compounding interest effect is not just with money, it's with everything. Small habits, small decisions, yep. the compound effect that this age in your life is, is profound. And so don't neglect the things that you don't have time for because um, if you would look at, I'm picturing right now this visual of the of quadrant two, I think I probably have to take a step back to explain what that is, but you have these, if you were to draw out things that are important and things that uh, are not important, then things that are urgent and not urgent, and you were to create a little grid of four boxes, quadrant one would be things that are both urgent and important. Quadrant three would be things that are urgent, but they're not important. And then quadrant two, uh, which I intentionally went in that order, would be things that are not urgent, but they're important. The best things in life live inside that quadrant two area, and they're so easy to neglect. And so paying attention, because the things that cannibalize in your life, the most important things, are the ones that are urgent but not important. And there is a nonstop stream of things that are telling you they're urgent because they're, yeah. they're trying to steal your time. They're trying to monetize your attention, and you don't need to give in to that. You are able to step out of the flow of our culture and make decisions, and when you do, when you choose the things that are actually important and not urgent, you will never regret. I never regret the times that I actually step out of the flow of all the busyness and urgence and just sit down with my, my son or my daughter or with my wife or with other people and just yep. make time and, and, and use it right. Yep. And uh, if you make a pattern of that at a young age, what you will have in your life is significantly greater than somebody that did the same principle applied to money. Yep. Yes, you can become a millionaire. These are principles. It's, it's, it's actually not super complicated. But you could become far more significantly blessed by applying the same concept and principle to, to matters of faith, of spirituality, of relationship, and of things that are, matter most. 
So I'm gonna make it real simple. Yeah. One more thing I would just add: don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Like yeah. so many people, and especially the younger people start to step out and try things, the more they're told, don't fail. Like you can't do it, don't take the risk yep. because you're gonna fail. But I would say, man, fail. Because I learned so much yep. from my failures. I got better and I learned how to do things differently, but I also got to see things that most people wouldn't get to see because right. they were scared to fail. So don't be afraid, try some things, take yep. some risks, fail. And then get those good. people that are in front of you, behind you and say, what happened? <laughs> like, so good. how can we do it better? That's so good. Well, thank you both so much for, for being with us today, for eating these wings. Yeah. Uh, which was your favorite? Uh, my Na Nashville was my favorite. Uh, the, the the hottest one had too much of the pepper. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. I liked all of them, honestly. All right. I even liked the peppery one, and I didn't choose the honey garlic because I saw there were two left, and I had a feeling I was going to get those either way. So. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, well, you can certainly have them, but thanks so much for being with us. Thanks yeah. for speaking live. Thanks for hanging out with us. Tune in. We love you. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Don't forget to tune in Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. on our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.